Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. everybody welcome to the a and after show it's me Lindsay leverage and james beckett is here yo and we we made a decision about the two shows we looked at your guys's comments and suggestions that i got via twitter and just people i, I talked to for their opinions about which show would be the best one to cover for the spring 2023 anime season we've settled on two mm-hmm. and with you know we'll we'll check in on on others throughout it was actually it was kind of hard to choose but the two that we've picked is Gundam the Witch from Mercury season two and Heavenly Delusion. And there's a, I'll give you a little bit of like behind the curtain thought on why we went with those. Other than the fact that they're both really interesting series, we wanted to go with what we thought would generate the most discussion, be the most fun to like listen to us talk about. So for instance, we did a Demon Slayer arc last, last time, the last time that aired, we did uh, Entertainment District arc. And while that show is like fun to watch for the spectacle, it is, hard to talk about for an hour 30 45 minutes you know sometimes we have the new segment week to week to week because sometimes it's just like not a lot to chew on there isn't necessarily a lot of intrigue it's a pretty straightforward show which doesn't yeah. mean it's bad it just means that as far as like a podcast it's it doesn't lend itself to the format very well um oshinoko was other another front runner and i did watch the premiere of that uh, this just earlier today so I can say that I finally did that um, I had already read the entire first volume of the manga so my reactions to everything were not probably quite as strong as some people going in blind um, but it was excellent premiere we'll, we'll still be checking in on that show uh, every once in a while to see if our little boy Aqua gets his revenge his vengeance his vengeance um, I won't spoil for what uh because that's, I think that's the twist everyone kind of kept to their chest for this, for this series, as no one was talking about that twist. It was okay to talk about the gynecologist being reincarnated as baby, but not so much the, the follow up, right? We have we have weird we have weird jobs. <laughs> you really think about it, you know, yeah. just the thing the things that we have to say just professionally on a regular basis, I think, are very strange. Fun. It's fun. Yeah. Gynecologist reincarnated as a baby. Yeah. Where else would you? get to say that so we'll be checking in on that one um i'm reviewing ranking of kings james you want to tell everybody what you're reviewing for daily streaming this season yeah i got um magical destroyers which i'm super excited about that show rules mm-hmm. um we're still rocking vinland saga season two which is a masterpiece just it's kind of like casually just dropping you know greatest of all time episodes just left and right it's kind of ridiculous um near automata is gonna come back Someday, maybe <laughs> we still haven't honestly heard. Um, yeah, it's yeah. been a mu- it's been a month. So the hiatus, I think, we've officially uh, outpaced the original month long hiatus. <laughs> um, yeah. So we're waiting on how many episodes still are left of that? Two or three? Well, it's supposed to be two cores. So I think oh, it's, it's supposed to run for twenty four, is what I've read. Okay. Um, which would make sense given the pace they've gone. I don't unless they were only planning on doing like a third of the game 
Which right. I guess maybe, I but yeah. They may have, I thought they may have planned to split it since that's pretty common. I didn't know if it was supposed to well, be continued. Point, I feel like, it I is, think, isn't it? At this point, yeah. Uh, at this point, I feel like they're going to start rebroadcasting it again or something. So mm-hmm. you know, maybe by the maybe by the time we hit like August, we'll get like caught up. Yeah. Um, oh, and then there's oh, and Demon Slayer. I'm also referring to Demon Slayer. Yeah, and Demon so. Slayer. And uh, I'm like I said, I'm just coming back for ranking of kings. Um, I had some thoughts about picking up ancient magus bride since our reviewer who did the first season of that uh has moved on to to other things but nicholas dupree really wanted it so i let him have it along with kamikatsu and the legendary hero is dead so i figured that was fair monkey's paw curled ever inward (laughs) i love my job um (laughs) so with that said yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting shows there's some you know not not so great ones. We went over the premieres on our last podcast. If you haven't check, gotten a chance to listen to that, you can head over there and um, see which ones we recommend for following this season. But this season, we will primarily be looking at Witch of Mercury and Heavenly Delusion. And since we've got three episodes of Heavenly Delusion and two episodes of Witch for Mercury, including a huge plot development reveal. Yeah. yeah, Witch for Mercury popped off this week. It's not playing around. It totally did. So because of that, uh, we're not going to do a new segment. We're just going to go straight into anime talk. So um, hopefully most of you are here because we're just going to be diving right into that. And I thought we'd start with Witch for Mercury. Um, What this show keeps reminding me is that I don't, I I feel like anime plot like leaks out of my head almost immediately after wraps like i just don't like hold on to it that long well especially in a show like this where there's a a lot of what we're supposed to remember are like developments that are only like just now like i couldn't remember what shaddock's dad's name was for the life of me i I forgot i forgot that he was even like connected to um or i didn't i couldn't even remember if they told us that he was connected to the one president guy who Mm -hmm. showed up this week um and so when when it's all of these like that's his adopted father, from, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, it's it, it can be hard to keep track. I, I have to check the wiki pretty constantly. Yeah, be like, wait, when did when did we learn about? Oh, okay, that was like five episodes ago. Okay, that was all right. Um, I'm glad they're paying that off. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I've after watching these most most recent two episodes, I feel like I have most of it under wraps. But if uh, I'd love to get you to explain uh elon to me because i feel like i'm a little bit i'm also confused he's the one one aspect chat you can jump in um if i'm getting any of this wrong that i don't quite okay so i the first elon she met right was kind of the cold standoffish guy and the whole birthday thing going on yeah the whole birthday thing and that was really traumatizing suleta isn't aware that there's been multiple elons right that's the thing that i'm a little iffy on like she doesn't know like she just thinks he stood her up once and then reappeared again so i know that we've i want to how many elons are there i think there's three someone please tell me how many elons we've met because i think there's there's an original elon right right? and he's kind of a dick right yeah he's the one that sucks okay he sucks okay and then there's the elon that got died okay right and then the one we we felt for like yeah kind of know okay but then there's this guy who's and he talks about like he changed his face he got he got face swapped to be like an elon body double so i I don't think he's like a clone he's just like some other guy Mm it's like 
I think. But then I, I, I was the thing that confused me was he was like kind of teasing her about their prior connection, and so I couldn't remember. That's where I was like, wait, is this the original Elon? Or I feel I like know. the first Elon we met, like he was being heavily supervised, and if I remember right, isn't it by the same like ladies that we've seen palling around with Prospera? Like they all kind of look this the old ladies, right? Yeah, think- they're yeah. Okay. And they're all like connected to the Gundarm research plot that's going on. Okay, shoulder in here is helping us out by saying there's Elon Prime, who's the one that sucks. Enhanced yep. person number four, who was laser cannoned. That's the yes. one that we liked and then died. And enhanced person number five, who's a fuck boy, who's the one we're Very seeing true. in the screenshot here. Okay, okay thank so we're you. Not, so there we're is not... three. Yeah. Yeah. And okay, can someone also kind of remind me of what makes someone an enhanced person this may not really matter like in the long thing of the plot that, doesn't i just want to know they can interface with the gun okay. the gundam technology they can like use the gundam like not the bits the bits of the floaty things but right. they can they, they can interface with it and and like it can power them up and it's the same with um um the two the two earth girls the, okay. sophie and um Okay, right. Uh, I right. just forgot the one that doesn't die at the end of the episode. Right, and that's different than you know Suleta, which we find out like what her deal is here. Uh, yeah. Someone else in the chat is saying that the women who worked on Elon might be a different group. That's also possible because now that I'm thinking about it, you know, each one of the Gundam is connected to a particular corporation, and I can't remember yeah. Elon's right now. But yeah, they're they're a different company, but they're they're the ones that like also have been like basically researching Gundam stuff okay. of, in secret, and they're like. Yeah, now's our time to now we're gonna bust out with our Gundam stuff too. Okay. So it's it's a it's like a patent war, but with actual murder instead of yeah. just patent murder. Yeah. So that that was like my remaining hang up. Um I know so also know people have been talking about uh the fate of Jewel slash Bob. Because wasn't that the new name he got when he started when he, oh, had, yeah. he yeah. got ex you know, his daddy kicked him out of his corporation after too many failed duels and whatnot and so he ended up working on a on like a warehouse style ship right and yeah. it was renamed bob so people wouldn't know where he came from and then if i remember right that is what got hijacked by shadiq and the the earthian sort of like a terrorist group yeah they hide and hijacked that and that's how he inadvertently ended up killing his own dad and we yeah. haven't seen no. him. No, I don't think since. he showed up since then. No, but he's in the opening, so he has to come back, right? So in the meantime, his his younger brother, the one who's always like touching his hair, he like does this as like a character trait or whatever. He's re- like representing their entire group during this the the most dangerous school open house I've ever seen. It's, a, it's in like my a, life. it's like one of those like um. Uh, what do they used to call them? Like field days. It's like a yeah. It's like a field day, except with pretend. Well, they're not supposed to get murdered because they're supposed to have the limiters. But yeah, then yeah. Sophie shows up and straight up like almost crushes uh, little brother Jeddark to death. Yeah, let's uh, talk about Sophie because I mean she's out of the running now, right? Like gone too oh, she, soon. She dead. Yeah. She, yeah. She. She. She dead. <laughs> and. She seems seems like the the first picture we have of her, so I'll, I'll go ahead and pull this one up. But yeah, she's she's dead after over. Well, she kind of overloaded herself into her Gundam 
to prove herself to Saletta and then discovered that the voice that she had heard that she thought was from Saletta wasn't really her. And we'll, we'll get into that reveal in a, in a bit, but what did you think of Sophie overall as like a character? I'm kind I mean, of sad that she's I, Yeah. I mean, you know, it's kind of that kind of, it's that sort of typical Gundam thing where everyone has some kind of complicated backstory, right? Like unless yeah. you're like a politician or something, very rarely is anyone just purely like evil and incompetent. And, you know, she's, um, she said that, you know, she was fighting to, um, cause we, we've seen multiple times that life on earth, uh, sucks hard yeah. and that, um, she has been basically fighting for all of the kind of basic niceties that, you know, people like even Suleta have taken for granted, right? Like a warm yeah. bed, a family that loves her, yeah. uh, food. Right. Yeah. And, um, she also has sort of fully embraced, you know, the idea that she's kind of being exploited to kill people, yeah. which is, um, which I, I, I liked that. I like the back and forth that she had with Suleta because, you know, Suleta is a sweetheart, but also she, she's a little, she's a little thick when it comes to the, the moral quandaries of what she's uh, being involved right. in. Yeah. Because uh, Sophie's the one that's like, Gundams are made to kill people. Like that's what we're doing here. And Suleta's like, no, they're, it's for medicine. And she's like, why does your robot have all these missiles and lasers and swords? And so that is like, oh, <laughs> wait a minute. Now, now you pointed out that is strange for, uh, isn't it, isn't it just for disaster response? Was that the original reason that they gave was like, yeah, oh, well, you need lasers, you know, if you've got to like cut up debris to, to save people or something. Um, yeah, I, I liked Sophie. I'm sad that she uh, didn't make it further into the series. Um, I forget what her her little, like, coup d'ere compatriot's name was. Who? Uh, I, uh, I have it up here. It's, it's not Noria. Is it Noria? It's something like that. Yeah. It's, um, ooh, doo -doo -doo -doo. Oh, it's Noria. I did get it right. Oh, hey. Okay. It's yeah, to the Noria. point where, like, I, I'm so unconfident in my ability to remember anime names that when I do remember it I'm like that can't be right you didn't get it right on your first try what are you talking about uh, uh the, that also reminded me that I like Noria's interaction with uh Elon because like they yeah. started like they started like basically like elbowing each other a bunch like you suck because of how on the nose you are with evaluating me well no you suck for the same exact reason and then they just kind of glared at each other uh, i liked that i just like i liked when forth. she was like hey man you're not gonna beat me if you don't uh if you don't like level up your your gundam synchronization and mm -hmm. he's like i'm not dying for this are you kidding me <laughs> like <laughs> no <laughs> I, I appreciated that um i think Okay, so I think we should probably get to the reveal, though, and I'll admit that I was kind of almost a little mad at how on the nose it was, because, um, so her name is Eric, but she's always gone by Aerie. We haven't seen Aerie since the prologue. It's been presumed up to this point that Saleta and Aerie are the same person because they look exactly alike, um... But maybe she's been, you know, living under a false name after the things that went down in the prologue. But now we find out that Prospera had two daughters, not one. And Aerie is inside of Ariel. Uh -huh. And I hate it. <laughs> I don't hate it as a plot development. I just like, I was like, 
God damn it. (laughs) Of course she is. Of course she is. She's behind the data storm. She's inside the robot. We kind of got like an Evangelion thing going on here, which I Well, we've known that there's like some kind of artificial intelligence thing going on because Suleva's been talking to the thing the whole show. Right. And well, so, I don't know if it's artificial intelligence or if it's... Well, a, yeah, right. Well, that was the thought at first. We said, oh, yeah. it's like an AI. But yeah. No, she actually... Uh, speaking of uh, sisters getting their brains scooped out, which is a, a weird theme of uh, this season, that, apparently. This will come up again later in the podcast. Brain yeah. scooping. Specifically. But yeah, no. Um, she's still in there. And, and Sophie, I guess, is also maybe at a point when Sophie had overexerted uh melding with her gundam was able to tap into that a little bit uh i don't personally know anything about data storms i've i've been told that they are real and that we don't really understand them um i understand that part even less so i i can't really like speak on that but it the the weird family dynamic and this is a theory that i saw floated on twitter there's always a theory and i want to get your uh thought on this james one one of the theories is that um that Saleta's body is actually airy and her consciousness is more like an AI Saleta and like the Gundam's consciousness and that like they swapped. Of course that, that, that kind of ignores the entire fact that there was always supposed to be two daughters, but like, well, when she said two daughters, I kind of thought that like, is that literal? You know? Well, I, I, I feel like the Elon stuff was maybe like planting the seed. I feel like she's like a clone. Okay. I think. Or so or or some kind of like, you know, um fast clone. I like that idea that like they're kind of blurring the line between who the real, you know, kind of a, a Pinocchio type thing, right? Like which yeah. one is the real one. Uh-huh. Um I um speaking to the data storm thing you were mentioning, I really like the idea that um because they talk about how the whole Prosper's whole secret plan mm-hmm. has been to create a, um, like the ultimate gun uh, gun arm system that can control all the other Gundams essentially. Like can right. can has like master control. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so with the, a part of me was wondering how much of it is like, because the pilots are syncing with their Gundams, but as far as we know, the other Gundams don't have like actual people like piloting of the system. I think that's unique unique to Ariel. Okay. I'm wondering how much of it is like they're almost two halves of the same brain. Mm, like okay. Ari, Ari and Suleta are like just kind of, you know, right hemisphere, left hemisphere, you know. Um and, and not literally, but I think just like conceptually the idea that neither one is is really complete without the other, or that's the design. That, yes. Yeah. You know, the the Gundam Ariel is sort of meant to be this this controlling interface that can sort of override any other, you know, operator or whatever that's happening, which explains like how the the pilots of the other Gundams are able to to sense her because they're right. they're kind of linked. But maybe it's it's going to come down to this idea of like, will Suleta be able to separate herself from Ariel, especially when she inevitably learns the truth, or when her uh, when her will she even want to. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And what's your wife gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> Who's like working yeah, but... with her sketchy mom now? Yeah, yeah. We need to talk about that too. But still like staying on the Suleta stuff. Um, a couple of 
I mean, part of the theory of like her not necessarily being human in a traditional sense or having a consciousness swap or any of those sorts of things kind of comes down to like how much of Sleta's personality is sort of like a Moe gimmick and like how much of it is like when you really look at it kind of weird for her age. like we're presented with her acting this way because we believe that she grew up like in a kind of isolated colony on Mercury and hasn't you know gone to school formally and so she's socially awkward and all these other sorts of things but then we start seeing how manipulative prospera is of her specifically um some people have even said that the like one step back like two steps forward thing might be like a trigger word for certain things like yeah she's like a manchurian candidate yeah manchurian candidate or like she's got some pavlovian responses going on like there's just um and then the kind of cutesy naive aspect of her personality takes a different tone when you start looking at it under under those presumptions it's not like oh this girl's just sort of awkward in a way that's supposed to be endearing to the audience like maybe you know she was raised in a lab or all these other kinds of things um I mean, it could be like it could be that she's only like a year old right that she yeah. got, like, implanted a bunch of memories she got grown yeah. in like a vat and then she got you know sent off to the school to enact her mom's uh ridiculous plan <laughs> yeah um, yeah um that's also one thing I wanted to point out. Like, it, it's still really presumed that Prospera is her mom because she has the same, like, army uh, situation going on as the woman that we saw who was uh, Ares' mom in the prologue. They don't look anything alike, though, outside of the arm thing. Like, Soleta's mom is a redhead. Prospera has, like, a weird brown mullet hair. Like, Yeah, I... I'm wondering, I mean, it could, I don't maybe, think their face or eyebrows or anything are yeah. the same either, but it could be the Elon type situation where maybe she used to, maybe it is the same person, but then she's she just um, changed her face so that she's, like, she just changed her face, just yeah. like changed her whole appearance. Um, maybe she's an enhanced person as well instead of, and that's where that comes from. But like, I've been wondering about that the whole time. It's like, this is anime. Why did they change her hair color? That doesn't I know, you can't happen. Do that. You can't yeah. do that. If it's red, no no, no one dyes their hair in anime. That's natural born, right? Unless they're blonde. Yes. You know, then they make a point to mention how they dye their hair. But if you got purple hair, that's just that's That's, your genetic. Yeah, that's to yeah, it's to designate you from the rest of the cast. They're easy to spot out. It's like if Choo Choo just randomly showed up, but she didn't have big pink puffballs for hair anymore. It was just we can't we you can't just go saying stuff like that. That's messed up, okay? (laughs) Choo Choo's always gonna have her puffballs. It can't the poor girl is suffering from PTSD already. She is. I feel really bad for <laughs> her. Know. Like, she was like, time to pull the trigger during the big school festival fight off. And she was like, no, I can't do it. I've seen people die. Yep. And choked. And it was like, you know. It turns out that when you've seen actual people die, war games become a little less fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It reminds um, me of, uh, do you remember, uh, did you ever watch... Um, Child's Play 3, the one at the military academy? Probably as a kid, but I don't okay. remember that one specifically. The, the, there's a whole bit where um, Chucky, being the little stinker that he is, he um, he, re- the, he he replaces all of the the blanks in the little the military cadets' rifles with real bullets. Oh my god. Yeah, and so it's... It, for some, and that's that that idea is always stuck in my head as like a very uniquely terrifying like oh god like what have I done but that's yeah. like what Chuchu's living with it's like oh like this 
this isn't actually we are basically piloting giant murder machines for fun and that's a little ethically dubious and meanwhile so that is like oh no it's probably fine it's it's probably fine my mom told me i did right ariel (laughs) yeah you're right ariel my mom told me that i did the best thing you know for that situation so this is just uh you know and here's the the right call if i was in her shoes and like my honey girl was down there about to get shot and I had a big robot that could smush a guy. Might smush I'd, a guy. I'd, I'd smush a guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about Prosper's quiet zero thing that got dropped. So that's what she's talking to, to Mirarine about uh, in the premiere. Yeah. Is, you know, Mirarine's at space hospital with her space dad on space life support and Prosper shows up and she's like, Hey, don't, you know, misunderstand the lilting tone in my voice. I'm actually terrifying. Uh, Also, we've been secretly working on Quiet Zero. James, what's Quiet Zero? So Quiet Zero, that's that's the, um, that's her whole Gundam, like, mass control thing. Is that she's designing a a Gundam that can, my understanding, and chat can correct me if I'm wrong, is that it can basically interface with all the Gundams. I mm-hmm. think specifically Gundams, not just mobile suits, but like right, Gundams. Right, right. But that that will presumably give them like an army to do with what... Basically, her plan is to like, I think, uh, perform a, a little one-woman coup d'etat on the entire galactic government coalition. And uh, she wants to force an era of peace and, and no more war. Um, Isn't the idea also though that they could all be remote controlled so they wouldn't require pilots so people wouldn't have to die? I thought that was also part of it. Yes, it like, yes. Was like it was like oh, setting and, them all up with Bluetooth and then you've got a yeah. Bluetooth controller for all your all your yeah. And show this and show this explaining that. So I guess it isn't specifically just um it isn't specifically a Gundam, but it's something that can control the permit field that gives the Gundams all their their fancy schmancy abilities yeah um also i think i feel like we would be remiss if we didn't at least talk about the ending sequence because i think it's amazing it's incredible i mean it is incredible yeah i've watched it i think 20 times since yeah I put it up on youtube officially yeah um it's just long, great long have- hair suleta is uh, that's a vibe i wish yeah. i was that pretty <laughs> she has a formal dress on it's almost like she's at an opera or something and then she starts like conducting conducting the orchestra but really it's just all the gun bits yeah they start swirling around her and stuff i just thought that was really cool and i just mm-hmm. really like the, the, the animation the, the shot where like ariel reaches into her heart and mm-hmm. it's just so good and then it goes like all blue and yeah yeah the ending is just it's just great i'll look in through your screen caps so mr Lauda. Lauda is is that is that the brother? That's, that, yeah, that's Ghoul's jewel. I it's the Ghoul. Yeah, Ghoul Jeddak, not Jewel Jeddak. That would be insane. Um, I was I that, was pronounced like Gruel without the R. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, Ghoul. Yeah, that's Ghoul's brother, and he gets smushed. Also, what do you think is going to happen with Shadik though? Because his his adoptive father knows his his shit now, and he's basically pulled off at like a double cross. But didn't, initially... they kid, didn't they kidnap his adoptive father, basically? He like, technically kidnapped him. <laughs> he yeah. kidnapped him, so I yeah. feel like he's got some kind of major play where he's not super concerned with the consequences. Yeah, because, I mean, initially it seemed like he was helping his father's scheme against Delling and, or not 
not Delling necessarily, um, more like uh, Ghoul's dad, right? Like yeah. the, they were in on that together. And then he got, and then he orchestrated the terrorist attack mm-hmm. that took Delling out, yeah. which pushed his adoptive father into a primary position. And then he's like, cool. Okay. Now I'm going to trap you at school. And um, he, he's got his own little minions. Like he's got he a bunch of, so how does that factor it? Cause we've kind of got like this sort of pseudo Utena student council for the duels, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of Utena references or not references, but allusions going on in this series. And that's intentional because I believe the, the um, scenario writer or one of the script writers worked on an Utana property, not the TV series specifically. I think you worked I think on some, some novelization. Novels? Yeah, yeah novelization. Like so um, those elements, I feel like, are are there on purpose. So we've got Shadik, who's who was initially kind of called Toga, the like Toga yeah. counterpart, but he's actually a lot more cunning and smarter than Toga, in my opinion. Um, Very fair. Um, but so there's him, and then there's. Various girls whose names I don't know. There's the one I don't that either all the ones that hang out on that couch. I just yeah, they all hang out really on know. the couch. There's one boy also on the couch who's like kind of was awkwardly <laughs> uncomfortable. The whole time. Yeah, he just gets bullied the whole time. And then there's uh uh the girl who finally stood up. Like I guess that was kind of an ongoing thing. Is like fans were kind of thirsty for her. Her name's is it Cecilia? I truly. Cecilia, but spelled with an S. I remember thinking that was that weird. Sounds, that sounds like that sounds right. Sounds like does that sound like Gundam? Uh, Cecilia Gundam. Let me. That almost sounds too normal for a Gundam. Yes, yeah, Cecilia like... Dote. Okay, there we go. Dote, Doto. Okay. Yeah, um, she's the one who's always painting her nails and stuff. So you know, she's a vibe, and she yeah. finally she finally stood up. Um, but yeah, I'm not quite sure like where their allegiances are necessarily in relationship to Shadik at this point. If they're all going to back him, if somebody kind of like defect from him. Uh, chat is referring to to Cecilia also as thigh girl, which is fair. She wears shorts and I think like high socks. You know, she's got the absolute territory. Absolute territory. And is it, is the anime doing that thing where the socks are just like ever so slightly too small. Yeah, uh, yeah. So. so that way you, you have a little bit of thigh overflow right before the socks hit. Yeah, yeah. we have an interesting job. Um, okay, so so yeah, I guess we'll just have to see how that plays out uh, coming up with next Sunday. But this show has really just been like hitting the mark, uh, keeping me really engaged. It makes and... me think that we are probably not going for a full fifty episodes. I feel like this is shooting for the twenty six. At the I feel pace, like twenty six going. I feel like twenty six would be good, especially yeah, especially with dropping the airy thing right on episode um, fifteen. Like that's midpoint, so yeah, I would I would think about it. Wonder what's going to happen to Nika. Yeah, Nika. Yeah, she's the character that I think I'm the most interested in because her role is still so. She she's that character where every time she's about to like reveal something more about herself or do something more active she gets either interrupted or like kidnapped you know or whatever yeah. like so i i that tells me that there's like something really that she has some important stuff to do but she yeah. just doesn't have the chance to do it yet yeah um i think her status 
status at the end of the most recent episode is after being relentlessly bullied with a switchblade and nearly crushed with a with a Gundam by Noria and Sophia. She's like, yeah, um, I I bet on the wrong horse. I'm out of this Shadik because she had helped Shadik yeah. with the the terrorist attack and was having a hard time dealing with that. Um, didn't feel like she could tell anybody. And then once they infiltrated the school and things started going to hell, uh, she's like, yeah, I'm just, I'm calling an adult. Yeah. Like, I'm done. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm turning I, myself in. Like, I'm, I wasn't really down for all this terrorism stuff. Yeah. That, that's not really what I signed up for. Yeah. I just wanted to have my own school anime adventures like Suleta. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to make some friends. Mm-hmm. But now I'm, I'm I'm complicit in war crimes. Complicit in war crimes. Like I grew up as an orphan, just like uh, just like Sophia Noria did. And apparently, there's a orphanage to terrorist pipeline on Earth, and this is what happened. Which, you know, like as a plot thing is cool. But I mean, I'm so sim- feel sympathetic to the Earthians. This is coming from Lindsay, known like space Lucifer sympathizer. Yeah. Um, still sympathetic towards the Earthians and their plight in general when it comes to you know spacey and bullshit um, i think we're supposed to be i don't think like i think the show is very much at least acknowledging that these are not evil people they're just trapped in a really really crappy situation and they feel yeah. like this is their only way to like affect change yeah and i mean even choo-choo right like she's the one that's like sometimes you just gotta punch someone in the mouth right like sometimes you can't just nice your way out of getting bullied sometimes you gotta punch him in the mouth right and, these girls just happen to be on the side of sometimes you got to commit a little light terrorism <laughs> to to get your 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 needs uh, heard. Yeah, but who knows where it's gonna go? Yeah, she had her uh, a shoulder in the chat here. Point out Nika had her own list like Suleta's, but I wonder how much of either list will be accomplished at this point, given the state of well, and, and uh, Sophie did. I mean, like that's you know her. She recited her list screaming before she horribly died yeah she didn't get to play those video games oh that got me a little bit like i know she she just wanted like a normal life yeah she just wanted to like not be an abused orphan slash child soldier which is at the end of the day that's what we all want (laughs) yeah is to not be that yeah Okay, we're going to switch gears to Heavenly Delusion, which um, is... Speaking of weird conversations, we have... Even weirder. Even weirder than everything we just talked about. And we talked about people swapping faces. And we talked about, you know, people getting murdered by giant robots and double-crossing and everything. And then you've got Heavenly Delusion, which I still only kind of know what's going on in this show. Like... I I think... I think we both know exactly as much as the show wants us to know. That's true. Right. Which is not much. <laughs> right. It's playing its cards close to us, which I appreciate. I feel like maybe it was on an, uh, last week when we talked about the show. I just appreciate a show that's not scared of leaving us confused for long periods of time. That's yeah. what, th- Those kind of shows, are. that's what got me into anime mm-hmm. initially. Uh, LFR, we will get to the implied incest soon. Okay, that's also part of the show. Oh, but... I don't, I don't know if implied is really even on the table at this point. Yeah, I'm pretty it's, sure it's, it's just. Uh... But uh, is it? <laughs> is yeah. It incest? If is it, is it necrophilic incest? Is that where we're at? It's not a corpse, so I'm gonna say no. But 
Oh man, now we're gonna get. Oh god. Okay. There's so yeah. many philosophical debates to be had oh, about the show. Yes. Okay, so, um, what we know about the world so far in Heavenly Delusion is that there's definitely like two two lives being lived for also if you're watching on the podcast yeah i've got green on my wrist um it's leftover hair dye that was on a rubber band that i had on my wrist and now it's transferred there and i dyed my hair like over a month ago but anyway um so with heavenly delusion there's there's two sides going on here and there's a, a literal wall separating it um on the one side we have what appears to be a utopic slash dystopic school setting gives me um from the new world shinsekai yori yeah you know sinister undertone style of it right there's some old ladies running everything um they're just in like they're getting tested every day yeah there's some kind of weird contained environment there are no other adults around i think except for the old ladies running things i don't remember I'm seeing pretty sure people. the kids have some kind of superhuman abilities because that one kid took quite the fall yes he was, we, he was we, just fine yeah i thought he was dead but a kid fell out of a tree from what appeared to be at least two stories if not more it's yeah. been that was one of the earlier episode one or two um and landed flat on his back I'm like that kid's dead and he I, bounced. I was, yeah, he, he yeah bounced up. Um, and I, I thought he I thought he was going to be dead. I thought I, I was ex- there was a tone shift when he was climbing the tree that I got privy to while I was watching. I'm like, oh, this kid's dead. He's falling and he's dead. They're going to break this little fun get get together by having him fall off this tree and die. And that's how they're going to abruptly change the tone. And then he was fine. He's fine. But the way that it was shown was not comedic or anything. Like we were supposed to think he was going to be dead and then wasn't. Yeah. Well, um, did did you see the post credit scene in episode three? Yeah. With the with the with the babies. Damn it, Hulu! I'm gonna have to go back. It just okay. Or oh, well, they talked about the babies. They didn't yeah, show the, the babies with the, with the drawings. Like yes, 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 yeah, yes, okay. yes, 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 yes. I saw all that. Yeah. Also yeah. creepy. Yeah. Also creepy. So we've got like this this dystopian slash idyllic looking closed off school setting. And then on the other side of the wall, we have um, two travelers. They're just kind of, they appear to be on their own. Humanity is in shambles. There's been like a major catastrophic event that has actually happened at this point decades, at least a decade, if not more than a decade ago. And they're wandering there. One uh, one character just referred to as uh, Sis, and we're going to kind of, James and I were trying to talk about the correct pronouns used for that character yeah. specifically, because it's deliberately kind of obtuse. Uh, I'm going with they, although yeah. I feel like you could make a pretty good argument for he um, yes. in both of them, but I, I wouldn't say she in this scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's Sis, whose real name is James. Um, oh wait, uh, I guess it depends on which sis we're referring to because there is um, uh, Kiriko, who mm-hmm. is the actual um, person. Also, I, did, I have to point this out before I forget it. Sis isn't sis anyway. Um, <laughs> <Damn> it, <Jesus. laughs> I'm sorry. I I would have I'd never forgiven myself if I didn't make that observation. Um, yeah. So Kiriko is the um, the brain inside of the body. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, in order to talk about this, we just got to get this out of the way. Um, 
sis is actually the maybe. brain of maybe <laughs> yes may the, the, as far as we know ac according to the character what sis believes mm -hmm. is that uh, they're the brain of a younger brother named kiriko mm -hmm. who got um eviscerated by a horrible man-eater um mm -hmm. and basically chopped in half and mm -hmm. his brain got put into the body of kiriko's sister haruki Mm -hmm. who is a professional go-kart racer in the post-apocalyptic future. Mm -hmm. And um, we don't really know what happened to her to cause her body to be suddenly available for brain scoopage. Right. Um, if that is indeed what happened, which we still don't know. Um, but yes, it's... Um, That's uh, the big revelation of, of episode three, essentially. Because yes. up to that point, we just have um, the silver-haired boy who happens to look exactly like a girl who exists inside the walled school community. We don't know really like what their actual connection is. He knows that there's supposed to be someone that looks just like him in, uh, in heaven. So they're wait, 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 no, 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 no. I'm, okay. am I getting confused? So Tokyo, right. Not the, not the city, the, but the character Tokyo right. is the character inside the walls that looks just like, uh, let me get my name cards out. Maru. Maru. Um, now, is Tokyo... And I was actually a little confused by this because of the way the characters are drawn. Mm -hmm. Is Tokyo coded to be male, right? With, like... Uh, or, I read, or female. I read Tokyo as female. Okay, because the eyelashes... Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. I thought Maru looked effeminate as well from a character design perspective because of the eyelashes. But then they also both have sort of really short cropped kind of boyish haircut so yeah. i i think the ambiguity is also intentional um yeah. theo is saying in the chat that we're not really supposed to know well it seems Tokyo. like all of the a lot of the characters in the walled enclosure are very not necessarily gender ambiguous because i think there are some that are i maybe coded there are some where i feel like they're they are, are presented in a more traditionally masculine or feminine, but there are a lot of the characters yeah. like the, the, the character with like the top knot who I, um, uh, is it one of the, are you talking about the, or uh, the ponytail, the one on yeah. the left? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just, and they all, they all kind of almost like a sailor scout uniform thing going right. on. Right. Yeah. They all have the sailor Fuku, which usually when you watch the anime, if there's a sailor Fuku uniform, it's reserved just for female students. And the boys have, I don't know, something with a blazer or like the more traditional high neck black uniform with the buttons on it. The boys yeah. don't usually have like the actual like sailor bit. That's usually um, specifically for feminine uniforms, but they all wear it. All the students have the exact, what appears to be the exact same uniform. They all have shorts. Like there's no skirts. No one's wearing a skirt that I've noticed, um, including Tokyo who wears a, uh, who wears shorts. So this is Tokyo like inside the wall. And she, presumably she, um, looks just like Maru who is outside the wall with uh, Kiruko. And it was also pointed out we got the names backwards and that the Kiriko is the sister and Haruki is the brother, which makes sense because usually Ko is a feminine um, Oh, did, did I say it the other way? Sorry. We I... Perhaps. Um, so the, um, that's kind of like going on in parallel. But yeah, to get to the 
brain scooping bit. That's mostly season or not season episode three where, mm. Oh, I also want to point out that we've definitely seen like, um, uh, same sex coupling too within the school, like Tokyo chances upon who are presumably two girls, uh, mm. making out in the yep. forest. So there is like, some hooking up going on. That, that 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 was one of the ones I was like, oh, this is some from the New World stuff that we're doing. Is that, yeah, yeah. Is, I think it's. I, I'm very curious to know how you're feeling about it, and I think it's a little early to tell either way. I I'm very interested that the show seems to very deliberately be asking questions about you know gender mm -hmm. and you know the the distinction between biological sex and gender expression. Mm -hmm. um in ways that you don't normally see in a lot of anime yeah um, but then at the same time some of the stuff that they're doing with um Har haruki and kiriko and the whole the way he's interacting with being in that body uh, I, I don't know <laughs> yeah yeah so i'm enjoying everything about this show yeah. Um, this part is particularly taboo and like strange, but I feel like the way it's been presented is leagues different than a lot of like brocon siscon we get in yeah. anime. Typically, like my one hit kill sister and things like that. It's not. It's not quite the same. I mean, it is pointed out pretty early in episode three by like observing characters that uh, Haruki seems obsessed with his sister. Um, I didn't really. It didn't feel obsessive to me until the body thing happened. Like, I was like, you know, it's a post-apocalyptic world. Of course, you're probably going to be maybe a little clingier to your family as, like, an adolescent than you would be if, you know, the world hadn't completely imploded. We don't know exactly what the catastrophe was that caused this to happen. And we yeah. also don't know. It appears... In the current timeline, things have gotten worse outside the walls too. Like at the time that this body swap thing is happening, I'm not sure if the if the walled area existed yet or not. There's a little bit of a time gap there. I don't know how much. I, I'm assuming like um, several years because we we do see that Haruki uh, grows up inside this body to a degree because we see them sitting on like a curb with a sign asking for work and you can see that time has kind of passed. So it's, it's been like five, yeah, like five years. So that's like, right. Yeah. They did probably nail down the number because we know that it was like 10 years, I think right when the body swap mm -hmm. happened. So he, so he was like 13, 14 mm -hmm. when this happened. So basically his entire pubescent life. Now <laughs> then you get into the question of like, how would, how would his sexuality like literally just how would his physical feelings of, of sexual development, sexual desire, how would those things be affected by being in this body? Right. Like the, yeah. like literally like the hormonal changes, the, the changes to your brain's relationship with your body, like that, the whole schema of like self. Um, I don't know if the show is necessarily going to go that deep. Yeah. But it does make one to ask those questions because like, so much of how you develop as a pubescent uh, person is, you know, it's, it's hormone based, right? Yeah. It's rooted in your hormones. And, you know, would, would the brain suddenly be, because, and I think the thing that's interesting is that I, I don't think we can, I don't think we can't call this really a trans character. 
they this still sense. identify with with their original ge- gender that they were assigned at birth, even though that their yes. body has changed. And also, I thought about this a little bit, and it's interesting a thing to pick up before this is revealed. It's obvious that there's some argument between uh, this character and Maru about their age, right? Like, because he. Um, keeps saying he's like 18 and the Mario's like well wait if you were born this year wouldn't you be 20 and I kind of like I just kind of put that away at the time as like maybe they're lying to cover something up and then it came out to be true and it's because there's they that's the age gap between him and his uh sister physically so he at this point is 18 but the body he's in is 20 yeah yeah but yeah um I don't as far as like it being, I'd have to kind of see also how it develops going going on. Like, mm-hmm. there's also s- some little poking in this episode about his feelings towards Robin, because, yes. he, um, and you could write that off as Maru like kind of being a little bit jealous because he perceives um, Haruki as female he's got a he admits that he has a crush on him and wants you know wants a romantic relationship and then haruki rebukes him and says well you know i'm male on the inside and this is my sister's body that i'm in and then maru is like well wait you talked about this robin dude the whole time and you're really upset that you can't find him and you're still searching for him so we find out that's kind of the motivation for haruki's searches he thinks that Robin is still alive because there's no proof that he died and there were some disappearances going on in like the area that they were in. Like people like the whole it. the whole orphanage like got was abandoned. Well, they abandoned it after so many people were maybe kidnapped. Yeah. So um, you know, Maru interprets that as feelings towards Robin, but um Haruki perceives that instead as like, well, Robin's like a big brother figure or someone like a role model. Well, that's what I was, I was nervous about it. And the fact that we got that scene with the two girls that were, were kissing and Mm -hmm. then close made me a little less nervous because what, what happens so often in, in gender swap stories in anime is that there's still a lot of gender essentialism that's just sort of assumed. So like the, the joke is almost always, oh, I might look like a girl, but I'm still a guy on the inside. And therefore it should be assumed that I would never be attracted to another guy. Right. Like right. That's, just, that's like an assumption. And that's even kind of the conversation that, that, um, that uh, uh, Haruki has with Maru is like, uh, cause Maru's like, I, I don't know if I'm ever going to meet a girl that I get along with as well. And he's like, Oh, well that's yeah. just cause we're guys, you know, that's why yeah. like, you know, we get along better because we're men. Um, you know, you, like I could never be attracted to you because, and granted, I mean, maybe Haruki just is identifying as, as just straight. Slash yeah. He's only into his sister, which is. Yeah. We have to talk about that a little more. I know. I know we do. Finish, but, but finish your thought though. The point being, I, I was, I'm wondering if the show is maybe going to explore, you know, through the development of these characters, not necessarily in like a romantic way. I just, I would, I would love to know that the show isn't necessarily trying to subvert traditional understandings of you know gender representation versus um uh you know biological sex on one hand but also reinforcing some kind of regressive tropes when it comes to like heteronormative heteronormativity Mm -hmm. 
but it's hard to say because I think this story is actually taking its characters' identities seriously, which a lot yeah. of anime don't really do, like you know, their sexual identity. Yeah. Um, and so I I don't see any reason other than the, the weird incest stuff to to be nervous about the where the show is gonna take those conversations. But yeah, we probably should talk about the way that he's fondling his sister's body all the time. Okay. So um <laughs> but his body, which he can I don't it's, know. It's I don't know. his now because he's <laughs> in it. But I don't but I the impression I took away from episode three and to um also touch on what LFR said, I, I don't think Kiriko told Maru about uh his fascination with his sister's slash his body. Um, I think mean, that he, was... He didn't, he didn't describe uh, flicking the bean uh, furiously in bed uh, <laughs> once he was... <laughs> it's sort of like a blink and you miss it, but it's pretty obvious. Okay, so there's a lot of things going on with this, and I'm in a lot of different mental places about it. So um, so we have, a, we have a kid who is experiencing um, probably very intense grief at the fact that... Um, he's no longer in his own body and that it's his sister's body, but also his sister is dead. So like, that's just fucked up. Like from any yeah, standpoint, like not a good day. completely divorced from, from the sexual stuff. Um, that is going to be like a complicated, like mind thing, right? Like every time you look in the mirror, it's not you, it's this other person that you loved, but also they're dead and you need to mourn their passing. But every time you look at yourself, you see them like, that's just like, that's a lot in and of itself. Um, and, and grief can cause you to do some pretty weird stuff. Um, yeah, not, that's fair. Not, not, not necrophilic. I'm not, I'm not like going into that necessarily, but I mean, like personally, I know of someone who had, uh, who, who lost a sibling. It was a sister and they were very, very close with them. And it wasn't like a expected passing. Like they weren't, it wasn't like an old age sort of thing. Right. Yeah. Um, it was sort of a, it was a tragic scenario. And then when that person uh, passed, they were cremated and the ashes were, were given to the living sibling to, to spread um, in a specific area. But on top of that, they also took some of those ashes and then rubbed them in their hair and maybe ate some of them. I mean, you know, like, sure, I guess. Um, like, truly, like, I, 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 can, I can imagine being so overwhelmed at the loss of someone that you, you feel the need to like make them a part of you and that yeah. kind of stuff. Now this is still, I feel several steps removed from what we're about to talk about, but I'm, I'm just trying to like kind of yes. give a, yes. give a general sense of like, when you really like love someone and have that connection with them, you grew up with them. You all, you, you know, you have all these memories and identity of each other tied to one another. And then one of them is gone. Uh, sometimes you might do things you'd never think of in order to like, uh, makes like can feel like they're still a part of you right okay yeah. so uh coming from there uh then we have haruki's situation where he is both maybe exploring a new body in a hormonal state that 
would be a completely normal part of adolescence if your body wasn't previously your sister's. Um, yeah. Yes. Right. So you have that. And then you also have like the grief. And part of me almost wonders, and I'm wondering if this makes me weird for even suggesting it, but like part of me felt like it was almost like it was like a, a way to connect back to her. No, I totally think so. I think, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's, uh, I mean, it's intimacy, right? Like, mm -hmm. like it's, I think psychologically, and that's what, that, that's what makes me not like, that's what makes me not like angry. Like, yeah. If, if I almost like got a question for it, which is so yeah, strange like, to say. I mean, you live in a freakish world of, of flesh eating monsters and everyone is dying and the person you love the most in the world is 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 dead all of a sudden and you got eaten and sure what like whatever you got to do to to feel less miserable although now i'm starting to wonder what are the odds of like last episode of the series or whatever that we find out that the scars and stuff were, were just like a red herring and that the brother has been dead the whole time that's still a possibility and i i kind of like, like a, not knowing for sure yeah. like she's just that's just her and she's had some sort of psychotic break or something mm -hmm. and is now like identifying the only thing that makes that less plausible is uh he appears to have legit memories right yeah and i was thinking that too yeah um, but yeah i don't know you, you she could construct memories right like she could yeah. you know memories that um that make that made sense or that fill in the gaps the, the, but the fact that it would make sense either way mm -hmm. the way that, that the character is responding to where it's you know a, a rush of really messy weird complicated emotions and I, I think it's good writing it's yeah. weird writing yeah it's yeah it's, it's it's really not yeah i was gonna say it's really nice no it's not it's really weird uh writing but it's, <laughs> it's nice to have really good yes. competent writing about about yeah. this as as um, critics it is nice to have a a a um a show that gives us this much to talk about yeah um without like having to you know it's not like made in abyss where it's like all right so asterisk 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 <laughs> right right yeah i mean as of episode three this is still a show where if someone hadn't already got caught on and watched up to episode three, I feel like I would have to add the caveat, like, Hey, so there's some weird sex stuff in it, but there's I, there's some weird sex stuff. There is some weird sex stuff in it, but I feel like, I, but I feel like, I feel that, like it's know? within the realm of like, of, I feel like it's within the, within the realm of yeah, weird sci-fi sex stuff or, you know, weird, yeah. like, like, I don't know. Uh, um, did you, did you ever see the movie? Um, Oh, it has Ethan Hawke um, about it's 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 a, it's it's a, the short story where the person ends up being their own mother and father through 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 time travel. I don't think I've watched that. Oh, it's really interesting. Long yeah. story short, yeah, um, uh, because of time travel and weird science stuff, a guy ends up going back in time, sleeps with himself. Uh, he, he's um, he's uh, intersex. And okay. so he, he lives most of his life. I can't remember the order. I believe it's Heinlein. Someone said in the chat, is that the name of it? Heinlein? No, that's the author. Oh, okay. um, it's not, it's not atonement. That's the, the, 
the, the other movie. That's a, a, um, I think I've seen Atonement. No, that's, that's, that's a nightly in it, right? Thing. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna remember it the minute the show is done. But point being, he he lives most of his life as um, kind of uh, expressing one gender because mm -hmm. um, uh, that's just how what he's able to do. Um, there's like some sort of like uh, time travel based accident where he has to have surgery and basically um, he has like a, a he has some sort of like genital surgery that ends up basically having him start to live life as uh, the other gender. Time travel shenanigans happen. He meets himself slash herself, realizes the only person I've ever been able to truly love is me, ba bangs it out, and then has a baby that is him. <laughs> it's it's a lot. It's that, a lot. Yeah, and that connects back to Heavenly Delusion because... Because that's the kind of <laughs> because that's the kind of weird sex stuff yeah that, yeah. that like sci-fi fans I think can go with you know? okay sure it's not sure. it's not sucking the pee out of a robot boy's dingus with evil torture machines no yeah um, <laughs> it's, it's, no there's none know. of that and even like the <laughs> masturbation scene we we talked about earlier is predestination thank you chat that's what it's uh not explicit it's it's tastefully Tasteful. implied yeah. i mean you're only looking from the back through like kind of a uh there's something sort of blocking the view so you never have like a full view of the body or or anything like that and you can you can tell there's emotion going on but it's not yeah well, um, i'm on record as saying that anime characters in general will probably be a lot more um emotionally uh at peace with themselves if they just you know uh, took some time off every now and then to uh, to treat themselves. So I mean, I think... we've talked about on the show, like in general, the lack of like sexual tension or just sex in entertainment. Um, I mean, this is happening in American entertainment just as much, but it's also sort of a thing in anime too, where it's like there there's a certain kind of horny that you get in anime, but it's only that one specific kind, and it's for some of us, it's not like it's not doing the job that it thinks it's doing. It's just sort of juvenile and yeah, yeah. because there's no actual sex. It's just people tripping a crotch first onto some dude's face and then going yeah, and or just one away. guy yeah, or one guy being like completely over the top about like his how into sex he is, but it never really goes anywhere, and all the girls are just sort of like these like. Ah, no yeah. sort of thing not or they're just you know it's just not it's not sexy no it's not no. it's just not like actually sexy it, it, not it, that it, this specific scene we've been talking yeah. about was also specifically sexy, no it wasn't sexy but, but it was sexual yes in yeah. a way that i don't think a lot of anime really is yeah where it was actually it was dealing with the emotions that are tied to sexual behavior Right, most mm -hmm. of the time, which are messy, especially yeah. when they involve your your dead uh, body swap sister. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> and Sorry, the... Jackie. Did not know this was going to be a part of anything. <laughs> we'll see you next next recording, and I'll be sending you a message about it. Dear dear future Jackie, we are so sorry. <laughs> um, there's some good monster fights, though. There are some good monster so... fights, and we yeah we are starting to run out of time a little bit. But I did want to touch back on episode two because i feel like some some of episode two now feels like emotional setup 
for what we got in episode three mm -hmm. because it's about this man-eating monster that this woman claims is her son and i'm starting to wonder if all of them kind of consume humans similar to how we saw in episode three where it was less of like a chomping and more like a, a, a liquid liquidizing absorption sort of thing like Kind of like what spiders do, I guess. Like, yeah, kind of a, a spider situation. So what we saw happen to Haruki uh, pre-body swap was, you know, these sort of, it was kind of starfish is kind of what it reminded me of where the stomach comes out Ugh. and then digests. <laughs> oh, sorry, I always forget that James has a thing with fish. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's, it doesn't freakish, have a face like a fish. Ocean but, monsters. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's how starfish eat. And so this is similar. It reminded me of that and that we see this white sort of tenderly stuff come out and get Haruki and then grab him. And then by the time um, his sister shows up uh, and pulls the remnants of his body out, it's just like his arms are gone and it's just a torso and a head. And yeah. I mean, it's all gory and gross looking, but like we never saw teeth or, you know, anything no, like that yeah. it was just goo and so in episode two we have this woman who's kind of living on a homestead in the middle of nowhere um and uh haruki and maru are gonna kill this man-eater that's been roaming about and she ends up stopping them insisting that it's actually her son who was probably just absorbed and she thinks his consciousness is still in there and that's why he's doesn't attack her or anything and that's true for most of the episode until the very end where he just slices her head off well and um, there's that there's the bit where um where uh um Haruki's even like well i mean maybe she was feeding people this thing like yeah <laughs> I think yeah. Still and there's actually maybe we don't even want to know let's just not even yeah i, I really like this. that though it, it, it was almost like um it was like if m night Shyamalan uh did um 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 Oh my gosh! What's the, the anime with the um, Kino's Journey? Almost okay. like I was I, I I envisioned a version of the show where like every week they just meet some new freak <laughs> like living yeah. in the post apocalypse that's that's doing some monster related shenanigans and they just at the end of every episode they just go well that was traumatizing and, and <laughs> awful <laughs> anyway. and they just move on and it, I mean that did kind of seem like what they because the first two episodes do kind of this back and forth between the kids in the school behind the wall and uh, Haruki and Maru wandering around, uh, you know, I'm not going to say looting, but kind of going through what's foraging, been foraging. Oh, yeah. Foraging. foraging, you know, to see what was left behind and um, sometimes taking odd jobs in search of this heaven place where uh, Maru's lookalike is supposed to be at. And Were yeah, I did supposed to inject him with a drug. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, I forgot about that. And I'm kind of wondering really? if it's just to like neutralize it. Like, what if it's some weird Who doppelganger? Knows? There's also some doctor wandering around doing weird shit because it's implied that this doctor that was hanging around the orphanage where, you know, people kept disappearing um, did the operation, or at least that's what Haruki thinks, that got his brain inside his sister's body. And then he's just sort of up and vanished. Um, so maybe he has something to do with the lookalike situation. We and really also, don't know. Where, and may, maybe I missed this, but where did where did we get this freaky laser beam gun that can kill all the the man? Yeah, yeah. Like, we don't. I don't think we know where the weapon originated. It definitely looks Jimmy rigged. Like, 
yeah. somehow. But it has know? that like that logo on it, like the the bird, like the yes. bird symbol. And they've seen that logo on um uh packaging in one yeah. Of, yeah, yeah. So there's like you know, like a not aperture science, but you know, like some kind of like I'm assuming the same organization that's keeping these kids, you know. Uh, corralled up in this walled city. I'm really, I, I, I love a show with this many mysteries that is willing. Yeah. Uh, this brings me back to my days of obsessively watching Lost. Hashtag yeah. still a good show. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, too many, uh, especially after Preview Guide and all these freaking isekai shows that um, won't go two seconds without explaining 10,000 things right? about the lore that don't matter. The fact that the show is willing to be like, eh, it's, a, it's a laser gun with a symbol on it. Maybe we'll figure something out. Maybe we won't. Here's a dude um, feeling up his sister body. That's weird, right? Uh, why do the babies not have faces? Who knows? Yeah, like, so yeah. we have not seen the faceless babies yet. But Thank God. Thank God. But um, inside the walled city, we know there's, there's a popular guy. Or at least he's Tokyo's favorite and a couple other people's favorites. And he's an artist. And Tokyo specifically... Uh, has a miniature gallery going on in the room of his art, which I didn't look at too closely prior. Pretty sure this is the moon from Legend of Zelda. Yeah, I thought that too. Just, just there. Too. Um, but there's a lot of weird things here. We see uh, two um, humpback whales floating in the sky above a burning forest. We see four humans connected with at with one head in a kind of clover shape, if you could call it that. Um, we, got a, we got an angel egg, literally. With a, we got a, yeah, with two people in it, and it's got you know biblically accurate wings going on. There's also some angelic looking people here above it, and then we just have a uh, giant. Sorry, my mouse is not. It's flickering for you guys. Um, Pillsbury Doughboy. Uh, yeah, a little Pillsbury Doughboy surrounded by flames. Maybe it's in hell. I don't know. Um, kind of looks like it has an umbilical cord coming off of it or something right here. I, I hope that's I don't know. I don't... <laughs> yeah, it's an umbilical cord, guys, or it's a dick. I'm sorry. Um, so that's the kind of art he makes. And in at the end of... Well, what was... One of the ones he was drawing, wasn't it like a fish with a whole bunch of legs? There was some was... kind of... Yeah, yeah, like a fish... With, with human thing. feet, a whole bunch of human feet on it. That one, didn't like, look at, I didn't look at the fish too close. I'm gonna take you. Oh, yeah, me. again, with the fish, yeah. yeah. Um, that one kind of got argued about, and then at the end of episode three, he's drawing a fetus surrounded by what looked like mechanical cables and stuff, like it, like it's some sort of uh, oh, who's the alien Geiger, right. Yeah, HR Giger, yeah. Yeah, like, it's, it's kind of Giger-esque a little bit. It's not quite that, like, there's no phallic stuff going on with it, but uh, Giger-esque. And uh, this one girl, I can't recall her name right now. We'll probably have it by next episode, because is, it's happening. Uh, what, isn't her name, like, like Cuckoo? It's like something? Cuckoo or Kaku. Uh, she's, like, like, always making, like, a cuckoo sound. Like, yeah, yeah. Like a... Yeah, she's kind of a weirdo. And her only comment about the drawing, other than asking if she could have it, is like, well, that's funny, because babies don't have faces. Like your baby's not, it's not that the baby is being grown in a machine. It's that it has a face and everyone knows that babies don't have faces. Babies don't have faces. Come on. What? I, lo I love. Like, is she just weird or what? Like, what is this? I love the subtle horror vibes of this show. Like, I yeah. like, um, I like that it's not trying too hard to be scary. Yeah. Which I honestly think when it comes to anime makes it more effectively creepy. 
mm-hmm. because you know animation I, I i've talked about this a lot of times before animation is it's virtually impossible for animation i think to be scary just because of all of the hurdles it has to jump through to trick your brain into believing it's real but when it's understated and when it's more about kind of emotionally upsetting ideas and then you know a couple of spooky monsters here and there yeah. that to me i think is a much more effectively creepy vibe than you know blood and gut spraying everywhere at least in anime <laughs> Matt Burglar just pointed out, and I happened to pull up the screenshot at the exact same time. James, can I put the fish screenshot on screen? Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. The fish monster? All right, all right. So this is the same fish as the drawing. Yeah. So what if that weird kid is like, I don't know, he either knows what all these monsters look like and he's been drawing them, or what if, like, I mean, I feel like anything could be true at this point, so. Yeah. I'm wondering, a part of me has been, I'm, I think I've just been sort of trained by freaking M. Night Shyamalan movies and, and other yeah. things to like try to um, to predict what kind of twists it might be going for. The, the, the way that the show has separated the inside the wall mm-hmm. stuff from all the other rest of the story, um, you know, it's, I think it's meant the implication this whole time has been that everything is happening kind of side by side, that, you know, that's all happening roughly at the same time. But Mm -hmm. I, I would not be shocked at all if we, you know, four or five episodes in, you know, we find out that like the inside the wall stuff is actually happening, you know, 20 years before or a hundred years after. um, And that it's actually like, you know, that the stories aren't actually, they're not going to intersect you know that they're they're gonna get to the the heaven that we see. Oh. It is gonna be like overgrown, and all of the characters are gonna be like old or something like that. And oh. maybe that's maybe that's completely untrue, but that's the vibe that I'm that I'm liking from the show is that I feel like it could go any direction. Yeah, and, this could be know. happening simultaneously, or we don't actually maybe, know for a fact maybe he that it is. Grew up to make the fish creature, like you know, he's been drawing uh, it. Yeah, but then, yeah, yeah. We'll find out. We'll find out. So that's why we're talking about Heavenly Delusion. If you want to watch Heavenly Delusion in uh, the United States, it's on Hulu under its Japanese name. I don't know why they didn't localize it. The manga is localized as Heavenly Delusion, but the anime on Hulu is under uh, Tengoku Daimyoko. Daimakyo? Daimakyo. Tengoku Daimakyo. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's uh, that's where you find it on Hulu. And uh, if you want to watch Gundam, in the U.S., that's on Crunchyroll. Uh, if you're not in the U.S. and want to watch Heavenly Delusion, then it's on Disney Hotstar or Disney Plus, depending on your region. Um, it's only the U.S. and maybe Canada or maybe just the U.S. that it's actually uh, on Hulu because, you know, you can't mess up that branding. I guess the and Disney branding. If you're, you're going to watch on Hulu, uh, for, for now, definitely watch it on like a mobile device because... The browser player is all screwed up with the subtitle timing. Yeah, the browser player, um, I only tried to watch it on browser for episode three because um, I was working from my desk and um, it, it was completely unwatchable because of the subtitle issue. Um, I went to watch it on my Roku and it is better, but it will still sometimes unsync uh, due to the ads. So if you have Hulu paid with like minimal ads, sometimes by time you get to the very end of the episode the timing will be so far off that it's like a whole second or something ahead which can really throw you off so um that sucks yeah 
I don't really they say they're working on it, but you know, who knows? How I like that's one of the things where when I get upset that it's like not on an anime dedicated streaming service that knows how to do this stuff. I don't know how much like non-English language content is on Hulu with English subtitles specifically for the English audience. Um, but I get the impression that's not most of what they do over there. And no. this isn't, this hasn't been promoted or really uh, pushed at all to make sure people are watching it like on social media and whatnot. So, you know, just like they did with summertime rendering and everything that they're, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but watch so, it, it's good. But tell, watch tell it, it's friends. good. Spread the news. Tell, Tell your friends to go watch Heavenly Delusion on Hulu or Disney Plus. It's definitely worth it. This is basically our uh, our plug show, like we did with Akiba Made War uh, last last season, because that was the one that was on High Dive. We're like, hey, go watch it. Um, so warn them about the weird sex stuff. But like, yeah, you know, but it's however, rated TVMA, so like you know, people should be able. To yeah, people should. You know, if they watched Game of Thrones, and that's what I'm saying, right? Like, it's not. It's no more incestuous than the most popular drama of the last 20 years. Right. And none of that was even, well, okay. I guess the consent is such a weird thing when we're dealing with a body that I don't know what. <laughs> I, don't know. I feel like we're getting into that territory where it's like, if someone is dead and they didn't donate their body to science, but then you use their body for science, like. Is that right? Can we maybe? I mean, it is a crime. It is. Um, hopefully, the sister consented to giving her body to her brother. Because that's still I, a little up in the air. We don't really know what oh, happened. Oh, we didn't talk about that on cat. By the way, it's sort of implied that maybe like someone shot the sister. We didn't. Yeah, we didn't something. actually explicitly say that because they don't show it. We don't know what happened to her post her pulling, you know, half her brother's torso out of a monster. But we two different points during that episode. We hear a gunshot but we do not see where it originated from or who did it so presumably i would think no she didn't consent because i think she was probably shot in the head and then just died instantly and then his brain was scooped and put in there yeah 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 so happy anime everybody happy anime day everybody we'll see you guys next time thanks for tuning in um make sure to you know drop us a subscribe on youtube we're also on facebook and twitter and uh jackie's twitch right now uh, give her a subscribe because she's cool um leave comments because those really help us out recommend us to your friends tuesdays 6 p.m pacific 9 p.m eastern every week uh thanks for tuning in and thanks again james for coming on to the show every week anytime yeah all right. See you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.